few? You're going to see some of the best musicians doing what they do best. Oh, okay. Uh, usually it's it's who's, who's available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a few singers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what will usually happen is one guy will start something mm -hmm. and we'll go, oh, that's cool. So we'll figure out what we want to play to that and it just kind of everybody joins in. Oh, so that's yeah. a, it's a real, literally a jam. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's makeup on the spot and some of the crowds have actually blown me away. I've mm -hmm. been shocked. Yeah. <laughs> trying to escape the confines of playing the show. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And we're back at it one more again for the most dangerous two hours in radio on The Wake Up with your host this evening, your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my co-host, my brother John, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby. Shout out to the whole On The Wake Up Radio family. And shout out to you, the listener of the On The Wake Up Radio Army. You can check us out at onthewakeupradio.com. It's onthewakeupradio.com where we have our 24-hour streaming live platform. That's right, folks. Go over there, check it out, onthewakeupradio.com. Tune in, onthewakeupradio.com. Also, you can check us out on our, our social media platform, otwtube.com. That's otwtube.com, ladies and gentlemen. No censorship, no uh, uh, community guidelines and all that other stuff where they try to censor the conversation. Check us out there. Um, big shout out to FEMA, FEMA administrator, what's this lady's name? Deanne Criswell. Thank you, Deanne, for keeping on the lights. Special guest, brother AJ Johnson from Las Vegas, from Funk Jam Las Vegas. Brother AJ, how you doing? I'm good. Brother Cam, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. And no, you don't need to be on another app. <laughs> I realized that after I said it, but I couldn't get it back. So I understood you had a couple questions for me, right? Yeah, yeah, brother. So, you know, I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but um, what is the Funk Jam, Las Vegas? Um, The Funk Jam is a mesh of players that play in different shows on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, This um, I'm from the show, the cast of MJ Evolution, Michael Jackson tribute show, oh, and wow. that's my uh, players from the um, uh, Celine Dion's band comes out and sits in with us. Um, sometimes we have Blue Man's whole team come in and play. Sometimes it's Boys to Men whole band come in and play. You know, um, it's just different performers that perform with these acts on the strip get together and have an all improvisational jam session. Mm. So that. No actual songs allowed. We basically just make it up on the spot. Wow. I like that because, you know, we, we don't have enough of that in music. For anybody that's kind of been to a jam session, you know, that's one of those things. That's like a unique thing in time in that place. If you're not there or if it's not recorded, it will never happen ever again. Right? <laughs> yes. Right? And that's the magic of it right there. You know? 
Yeah. And um, wow. So what what's the music scene like out there? You must be have a lot of talent, huh? Oh man. I mean, every fun. I know a lot of people because I've been doing it for 10 years, but um, there's people that come in that they know other musicians that, that are touring, and I don't know them, and they come in and just set the place on fire. Talented people, you know. you never even seen them, never heard of them. They come in and just turn the place out. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's one of the things, I think in modern times especially, it's easy, I think, to forget about live musicians you know and just right. what organically happens when people who know how to do music who know how to play instruments who know how to read music come together and just create something completely organic there's nothing like it there's really nothing like it and then you get vocalists in there mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying brother it's just it's a beautiful experience and it's something that i wish more people could get to see um so this is the 10th anniversary. So um, what what inspired this? Um, you know, when you when you play music for a living, I, I've toured and worked. I've, that's what I've done my whole life. And I've had a great career. I can't complain. I've played with some of the biggest names in music. But um, it, I got sick of playing the same set every night. When you go watch a band that's on tour, they're playing something similar to that almost every night of the tour. Um, when you go see a show... Las Vegas, they're playing the same thing every night. When you go see a band, they have a set list and the same songs every time. So you kind of get tired of that, you know, that mandate, you know, and you just say, you know what, I want this to be like after church on Sunday. Remember when, mm-hmm. <laughs> remember when uh, the church cleared out and the musicians stayed behind and jammed a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you've been doing this for 10 years now, and you know, so it's it's funny because you hear like you mentioned, um, you know, you're you're doing the MJ the MJ experience. You said I think artists from Celine Dion and I'm sure from all these other big acts. And people don't always think about. I think most people don't think about the actual band members that you know that support our favorite artists. You know. Um- that they have lives of their own and things of their own of their own that are just as creative as the artists they work for. In some cases, more creative. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and people, you know, I can't. I think we kind of take it for granted because you know, I was gonna say pop in a CD. People don't even pop in CDs anymore. People will go in, you know, download so you know their favorite artists off the offline and not realize like oh. Or not even consider that, oh, they have a live band or they have a band behind them. It's not even just, you know, one person making beats, but they have an actual band. And then each member of that band is extremely talented. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. That's very true. Yep. Right. And yep. just like you said, so I think this is something really dope. I got to go online, <clears throat> got to go on YouTube and um, actually did uh, see a couple of the... Um, the um the funk jams online is dope you know I, I love to see that just the artists just how they blend together because like, it's it's always something different you know um is there a particular year that you loved that you you were like this was a great session or is it always like that always mind-boggling yeah always 
Yeah. I've had people that I didn't even know. But they are a friend of a friend. And just happened to be in town and you find out it's like Beyonce's drummer. Eric Moore came in one night and set the place on fire. Two weeks later, he was playing the funk jam. Like he played the whole, you know, he was in the core band. Um, and I didn't even know who he was before. But when I went and watched him on YouTube, I was like, wow, this guy came to my event. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And also to like, you know, for the for other musicians too that are that are career long guys, it's a networking opportunity too. Right. You know, one guy's leaving a tour going on the other one and he goes, Hey, you're great. You don't have a gig. Here you go. You know? mm. uh, right. And is that that's the is it the type of thing where someone's work kind of speaks for itself? Like you say, Okay, I know that I can put you on with this or I could send you over here because I've heard you play. Is it that type mm. of thing? But one of the one mind boggling things for me, uh, those over the years of doing it, is watching guys that you that you just you don't know who they are, you know, and they come in and kill it. And the guys that you do know, you haven't seen them play in a while, and you come back and they're better than the last time you saw them. Wow. Okay. But what what inspired me to do it is 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 like this guy. I got sick of the same old same old, you know. I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't quit my job, you know, so I didn't want to do that. So I said, you know what? I'll start something on the side. And I really didn't do it to try to go anywhere with it because I, I really, I took for granted that people would want to come and see musicians on that level just jam and make stuff up. I always thought of the regular person as somebody who wants to hear the radio. So I only, I only booked it at the, at the request of a friend of mine that was a bartender that saw me play at another one of those. So it really mm. kind of was, it really was kind of a bartender idea. Why don't you put something like that in here and come play? I was like, okay. Right. Right. After, after about six months, you couldn't move in this place. We had to move venues and it, it really took me by surprise. I think there's kind of a, a bit of a revolution going on in the music industry right now. Oh yeah. How do you mean? The switch from digit the switch from um, analog to digital, uh, mm-hmm. uh, from video to internet, it leveled the playing field for a lot of the artists. People that they would never play on the radio or on the internet. Right. You know, and so when they're on the internet, they can make more fans faster than they could before the internet. Right. Right. People that, yeah, people that don't know you can find you a lot faster. Yeah, and I think one thing, the, the advantage of that is talent. You know, if someone's talented, then they're going to draw an audience. They're going to draw a fan base. You know, just like you said, when, you know, when it was just the radio, if everyone was scram- scrambling for a couple of slots on the radio through the day, then you automatically have gatekeepers there. And it's like whatever they say, you know, a lot of people are going to be X'd out. But now that's not really the case. All right. Well, what really ruined it for for the record industry is, uh, and I'm sure you're going to remember what I'm talking about. Remember, for years you'd buy an album because you heard this really great song on the radio and it was banging, and you get the album home and ain't nothing on the album banging yeah. stuff. But at once, yeah, it's trash, right? 
Right. So what the record company started doing, they started doing all kinds of things, like taking shortcuts. So they'll instead of putting the money that it took behind, put behind an artist, they put a little bit of the money behind it and try to sell you a fifteen dollars CD. Mm. You know what I mean, so it, it it changed in the fact that that people were already sick of that. People are also, you know, when people can go buy music at their house on their couch, they're probably not going to get up and go to Peaches again. <laughs> right, right. The traffic, you know, the hustle and bustle. And now they don't have to listen to what the radio dictates. Yeah, exactly. And now, just like you kind of like you were saying, they don't have to buy that full album. Now they can buy the songs that they like or they can just stream the songs that they like. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't have to get a whole album of songs that they don't want. And I think it also gives the, the artist the opportunity to really put out like a true artist, like someone like yourself or the ones you're working with. You can make, you know, let's say you want to put together an album, five, ten songs, whatever the way you right. want it to be, right? Right. Well, what they want you to do is they want you to pay the full album price for one song. Mm. You know? You know, right. that's really what it boils down to. They just didn't want to spend that money on those big-time producers, on those big-time uh, sound engineers, you know, on those big-time writers. They went and got some, you know, low-scale guys and just didn't want to pay anybody. And, you know, they got, they got, they got the product that, that, that said that, so what people still were forced to buy the album in order to get the copy of the song. Now mm-hmm. they, they, they buy your album, right? I think it's I think it's given way to an appetite. You know, when people start to have the appetite, oh, I like this new stuff. Well, what else is out there that's new? Mm, yeah, I'm new. You're like, I want something that's made up right now. You know, that's that's kind of the just keep climbing the fence post to that. So I think it's it's a gradual thing over the last 20 years. Hmm. And there's literally more kids playing instruments. Right. How about that? You said more kids playing instruments. Mm-hmm. Like if you go watch Tiny Desk or something like that, you're going to see young kids and are all playing live. Hmm. That's something because that's I, I wasn't aware of that, but that's good to know because I know for the older heads, it it's easy to say, oh, these kids have no sense of culture and this and that. I was like, oh, I think they do. I think they're tapped in. I think these young folks see what time it is out here and they're going back to, you know, for them, that's that's an, that's an era that they didn't really grow up in. And so, you know, they're reaching back to that now. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say I'd go as far as um, they've taken it over. Really? Mm-hmm. That's dope. At least four genres of old school music, old school music that are dominated by people under forty. Oh wow! What genres? Yeah. Okay, you got Gary Clark Jr. You know who he is. No. Gary Clark Jr. and all intents and purposes probably he would be compared to maybe Jimi Hendrix. Oh when you him up, when you pull him up and you see he's got millions of people following him, millions of people that I mean not millions, thousands of people at his concerts. Mm -hmm. Um but 
get a chance to pull him up. You know, Gary Clark Jr. He's like blues. Yeah. Sounds like an old man, but he's a young kid. He looks young, like you, you know. Um, who else? Um, you've got um, uh, rock and roll. There's a band called Greta Van Fleet. That band is kind of really they sound like Led Zeppelin. The singer sings all that high stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then on the on on the R and B gospel end of it, there's this thing called Strange Arrange. And Strange Arrange is where they'll take a Kanye West song, for example, they take only his vocals and they play it in a track. And then the guys in the band, they come up with all these gospel changes behind it. So they basically write a whole new song around vocals. <laughs> You've got to watch that one day. The changes yeah. they come up with all the, you know, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm pulling these all up. I'm going to check these out uh, later and tomorrow. Especially Strange Range, because it's a, it's a rotating cast. You know, every every year it's a different, you know, it's a different, it's a competition. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, have you heard of uh, PJ Morton? No. You're putting me on right now, brother. PJ Morton is kind of like Stevie Wonder today. PJ Morton is the guy who played keyboards in uh, Maroon 5. Remember the brother, the one oh, brother in the band? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I'll tell you another thing you'd like, too. There's a thing called Tiny Desk Concert Series on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? Um, I might have. I'm pulling it up right now to see because I, I know I've heard of it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Tiny Desk. You know what's funny? So have you ever been to, have you been to New York? Yeah, I've been in New York. To NYC? Yeah. Um, in Brooklyn, there's this thing called Nicholas Brooklyn. And at Nicholas, they, I got to give a shout out to Nicholas Brooklyn because there's a place, they're like a bookstore all around. I don't even know what you would call them. Um, cultural store, cultural, mm-hmm. cultural clothing and healthcare products, all kind of stuff. But around 2008, 2009, they started doing this open mic series. And in New York, there's so many artists over here and to the point where, you know, like even po- uh, poets. And that is where I would, that's where I would see a lot of talent, like amazing talent, you know, like, and the, um, the host of these shows, they would, you know, I mean, you'd find people playing in the subways. They'd f- find people in the subways, but you gotta come out. Then these artists would come, just blow everybody away. And to think that you would have this type of talent and not and, and that people don't even are not necessarily aware exists. Well, but Lord. the tiny desk reminds me of what we were doing in at Nicholas Brooklyn. That it, right. it exactly reminds me of that. Well, you know, it's kind of kind of sad, but the, the human race is programmed to believe that only the famous people are good and only the good people are famous. Right, you know, and, and that's it's not really that's not true. Some of the most talented people in the world you're never going to ever hear about. Yeah, and in fact, I, I would say the majority of the people, most talented people that have ever lived, are people you've never, n- not you, but anybody's ever heard of. Yeah, it's true. You know? But that's the, honestly that's that's what keeps the that's that's what's that's what kind of kept the radio 
big radio, uh, big record labels. Uh, it kind of kept that whole thing intact for so many years. People are starting to break away from that. They're starting to realize, I just saw this band on YouTube. I don't know who the hell they are, but they sound just as good as anything I, I, else I've listened to. Mm. On a different, you, know, you know, people are starting to kind of figure that out. And mm. after all this, all this YouTube, new groups, young people taking over, that's, that's kind of, it's kind of all of uh, a positive conundrum. I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's good, good time right now, music. That's good to hear from a musician. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was surprised by it myself, to be honest with you. I really was surprised by it myself. And then once I started to pull up some of these artists like Tom Mitch, you know, when I started to just follow, I, I learned about all these people from Tiny Desk. Follow them from Tiny Desk. I realized these guys have great careers. When when you have when you have 15 million people that like your video on YouTube, that means you can go into any city in the world and probably draw a pretty good crowd. Right. And you're famous, you know. Yeah. Without MTV, without the radio. Now mm-hmm. they're coming those people, those artists. Right. Because the places, the MTVs and the radios, they want to remain relevant. Right? Right. Exactly. So now they're 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 literally going backwards. Used to be the artist, you had to try to knock on somebody's door. Now they're knocking on artist doors because a lot of times these artists are not signing with labels. Because label a record label is only it's it, it's only a bank loan, it's only a loan. <laughs> <laughs> If I give you a recording deal, I'm going to give you a bunch of money and you're going to have to go organize your album, record your album, promote it. You're going to have to do all that stuff yourself. Huh. And if we that for if we have to do that for you, the label, you're going to you're going to pay more money. Wow. You know? Yeah. So it's and and now that's just all changing, you know. The mm. art is saying but I've got plenty of followers on my social media outlets. I've got plenty of people at my show. Yes, you will expose me to millions more, but you want three quarters of what I make. Um, so it's getting harder for them to get certain artists. Wow. Wow. That's good. That is a good t- wait. That is a good turn of events, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they didn't plan that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they didn't. But you know what their excuse is? Their excuse is, well, not their, you know, their remedy to that is they're trying to quarantine the internet. Every couple of years, we, the people of this world, are going to have to fight for that internet. Yeah. Because they're, they're trying to make sure that if, if you're not the big dog, you don't get, a, get seen like the big dogs do. Yeah. Every day they're trying to have some type of legislation. You know, so we, we, we the people, especially our people, got to be on top of it. Yeah, it's true. You see how they want to have, I mean, I hear them entertaining the idea of people having to show some, however many points of, of verification to sign online or on Instagram, you know, they were talking about this in Australia, having IDs, having an online ID and, you know, all kind of wacky stuff just to get onto something like Instagram or Facebook It's doing too much. So I have a question from a uh, brother sword. He says, how do new artists protect themselves from big artists who steal music? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, there are things that's changed. The first thing is music stealing is almost legal now. What? Yeah. 
because people, what they do is they sell loops and samples now. Hmm. So if I go a royalty-free loop and it's in the same key and it's the same chord progression as your hit song, you can't sue me. But but that everything everything else forces it's like a seesaw. Every time there's a bunch of weight on on the other side, the other side pops up. What's happened now is artists have quit selling as much of their art, a little less of their art, and more of their lives. In other words, they're qu- they've quit putting out albums of music. They're now they're putting out one song, and in return, they're showing you when they went to their with their homies to the baseball game. You know, and you feel what I'm saying? They take their phones and cameras and they film each other at, at, at a party or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're following their lives. So, and which is better because I feel your song and I got a boring life and I got videos of me just sitting on my couch. And every time they turn you on, it's popping in the club. Next thing you going off, they're going to buy your next record and not mine. Mm. So that, the, the, so you're, so, so the artists who aren't afraid to share a little bit of their lives on social media, the Biden ain't gonna matter. Yeah, you know, it's like if I got the if I show up to to the party with the same roses as you as you do, but nobody likes me. <laughs> you know, right. they're not care. They're only gonna care about you because they like you. You know. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good right there. I like that. A lot of artists, actors, they're doing that. They're selling their lives more. Hmm. He used to be Will Smith unless he was in a movie. Now he's on the line in his, in his garage, in his house, in his living room. People feel like they know you a little better when they come into your personal home. When people like you, they follow you. And you, you might not necessarily be the best artist, but they like you. Yeah, that, that's a real gem you just dropped on us right there. Because, you know, we do have different artists who, who uh, tune into this network. And especially from um you know brother like you maybe from another generation who can kind of impart impart your wisdom on up and coming artists because you know a lot of the artists i'm seeing coming up now they realize you know they, they have examples like prince you know people are looking at this game from a different perspective now a lot of people don't understand what prince did as far as the record label what happened was Prince signed a recording contract with a record label. Uh-huh. That record label told them, told him, Prince, that they wanted him to do this and do that and the other. As far as what he put out. So Prince decided, no, you can't tell me what to put out. And it says, yes, we can. We own this name. See this contract right here? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to do this album. And I ain't going to call myself nothing. What could they do? Right. They could do Prince. Was a symbol. You could you sue in a symbol? Right. Look. Right. Because how did they can't even br- write that on a court document? <laughs> right. You know, when that deal was all said and done, they probably laughed too. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. He got him. Yeah. Yeah. As if it wasn't valid. Oh, you know, Prince, he's, he's no longer Prince. He's a symbol now. Like, you know, but like you said, most people probably don't realize what he really did and what he was doing at the time. Well, the machine sticks up for the machine. You know what I mean? You know, um, 
he wasn't as rich as those label owners who are in cahoots with the people in the media. Right. They ain't already said, not even old friends, you know? Right. They don't bash whoever they can bash to keep their pockets greased because friends doesn't buy a lot of the ads. <laughs> they didn't need to. Right. You know? Right. They only love someone as long as they're playing that game. Mm-hmm. You know, and then as long as they're in that role where they feel they're comfortable, like, no, you know, I like you in that role right there. Once that person steps out of that role, like, look, look, look what's going on with these athletes right now, you know? Mm-hmm. The ones who don't want to take the shot or whatever, you know, they, I guess, you know, I'm sure they're not trying to be controversial because they're trying to make money. But now, you know, they have to go to these interviews, which they're forced to do as part of their contract, right? And then they're being asked these questions. And if they're going to be honest with themselves and with their fans, all of a sudden now they're controversial. Now, you know, now there's a problem because they're not just (laughs) shutting up and dribbling like so many people want them to. I I feel it's the same thing with the music industry, you know? Like you're good until you're not good. You're good as long as you're... You know, you're dancing and singing and whatever they want you to do. Well, being accepted as smart enough to have an opinion mm. is dominant in America when it comes to people of color. So it's still odd to some people. You know, you're supposed to just go along. When, when did you guys start going against stuff? No, no, no. Y'all, y'all are the go-alongers. Mm. No, we're not, we're not going. We don't like this. We don't agree with this. The squashing of dissent has been a a fight over many issues for many years. Mm-hmm. You know? It's because the system in and of itself is sick of itself, if that makes sense. Ooh, you gotta explain that one. Um, um, people who work in the air traffic industry, they're sick mm-hmm. of the industry because of the way they're treated. People who work in restaurants, they're sick of restaurants because of the way they're treated. People who work in film are sick of film because of the way they're treated. It's the same thing. And, and the way they're paid. Mm. The, the same type of, I'm sick of this shit. I'm getting paid this. I'm getting this. In every industry. So, mm. we are sick of ours. We, we're, th- this country is sick of itself. Mm. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh. You know, everybody's struggling and struggling and then, and then struggling. <laughs> right. That's, I like that. Because, right. Because, like you said, the air traffic controllers, whatever industry that is, it is the people that compose that industry, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, I like that. It's sick of itself. Yeah, it's sick of itself. It's the system that's sick of itself. Mm. Hey, I would like to do another interview with you, man. Yeah. When I'm, um, is that possible? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, brother. You know, we'll work it out. Um, so what you have a website where people can find you? Yes, uh the Funk Jam LV. Uh brother AJ, he's at a birthday party right now. He's uh he's you know, was gracious enough to give us a little bit of his time and have this conversation. <laughs> uh bro, we thank you for coming out. Um anything anything else you want to say to the audience before you get out of here? Hey, they, I went to the trouble. <laughs> hey, it was great talking. Great interview. I can't wait till we can do this again. All right. No doubt, my brother. Well, you have a great time. Be safe out there. Keep moshing it up. Um, your event is uh, October 27th, right? That's correct. 
October 27th. If you were in the Las Vegas area, check out the Funk Jam Las Vegas website, thefunkjamlv.com. And um, yeah, brother, definitely look forward to talking to you again because we can go deeper into some of this stuff for sure. But uh, thank you for um, coming through, spending some time with us. Peace. Peace, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, brother A.J. Johnson. Individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Cindy Ashley. On the wake up. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform.